Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, co-founder of the website, Noah Ziegler, alongside my good friend, co-host, and fellow co-founder of the website, Adam Conrad. And Adam, Rupp Madness, Rupp Arena, whatever you want to call it, March Madness, I guess has officially started, but the uh, state tournaments for basketball, uh, the girls have started, the guys are still waiting. Uh, so we're, we're, we're back at Rupp. It, uh, sadly, the basketball season is coming to a close, but we're coming in to what everybody works for, what everybody dreams about, what everybody talks about for the entire year. But Adam, first off, how are you as we it's it's a big weekend selection Sunday coming up, too? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling great, uh, especially because I don't have to be sweating too much on selection Sunday since the Norse are already in. Yeah, uh, Louisville. On the other hand, they're in the hands of the committee now. We'll see. <laughs> but, they're they're, yeah. they're waiting. They're waiting. <laughs> but yeah, but, fantastic week of basketball. Uh, well, all the regional championships and uh, the girls just got the state uh, tournament underway. So we have a lot to talk about uh, today. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I was gonna say congratulations to your beloved Norse. A great, great resume booster for Cincinnati. That means we we could qualify this uh, that as a uh, loss to a tournament team. So uh, we, we're recording this as Cincinnati is playing Temple. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. A couple of a couple of the area teams. I mean, Xavier's going to make it. NKU is going to make it. We're we're just talking about Ohio State is currently in the Big Ten semifinals. Go, don't know how, but they're in their they're in the. I mean. They control their own destiny. They got to win to get in, but there could be there could be a couple of uh, area teams getting in there. I know Ohio U is still there uh, in the MAC tournament, and then I think Miami Ohio did get bounced already. But nonetheless, uh, exciting times for basketball here. So without further ado, let's recap a little bit in the ninth region tournament. Uh, I think we left off last episode before the semifinals. Um, and I, I, first off, I'd like to say sorry because I went 0 for 2 in my prediction. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But to be fair, Adam went 1 for 2. We we both did not pick one of these results, but let's start with – Well, uh, I Newport. actually went 2 for 3. That is true. That is true. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. I went 0 for 3. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> 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 math, math isn't my strong suit. But nonetheless, we'll start with Newport in their big win against Lloyd. Uh, it was a back and forth game, just an absolute slugfest, and it it eventually became where, I mean Newport Newport's talent kind of took control at the end of that game. But Adam, I believe you were you were at this game, and it, it just talk about some of these. I mean, just so much talent in this game. I think that's why everybody's really excited for it, just because I mean Newport, you got I mean clearly you've got a couple of D one level players, as does Lloyd. And when those two meet at the regionals, I think everybody everybody knew that was just going to be a tight game. But Adam, talk about what you saw at that game and kind of some of your takeaways at the time, because I know uh, Newport obviously getting it done and punching their ticket to the regional tournament championship was huge. But it definitely was a grind to get there. Uh yeah. Uh, as we uh, talked about last podcast i i thought this was newport's year and uh, i i think they really really showed everybody that when they uh beat beat this game over lloyd uh we thought this was the matchup of the young and up and coming teams that can really put on a fight in the ninth region championship which we'll talk about later in the episode but yeah newport really showed up in this and their four main guys that they've had all year jabari covington marquez miller taylor kenny and 
James Turner all had great games as well as Deshaun Anderson uh, on the defensive side. Uh, he really did a great job on Jeremiah Israel. Uh, I believe Jeremiah Israel started out with a three uh, to start the game for uh, Lloyd's first points, but he only ended up with 12 points on four of 18 shooting. And a lot of that had to do with the defense of Sean Anderson. He's a great athlete and he's going to make it on tough on any player. Yeah. I, I, I've been saying this, I think all season long, and I think it was last year and I still need to go back when I think it was Deshaun Anderson hit a game winning three to lift Newport to a win. And last year they it, were still kind of figuring some things out. This was pre the hype that Newport really got. Uh, I mean, they were getting a little bit of hype over the course of the season, but nonetheless, I've always kind of thought of Deshaun Anderson as like the, uh, the underlying hero of this team, you know, just it does all the little things for them. And just, I mean, as you said, putting on a good defensive performance against one of the region's top scorers in Jeremiah Israel. I think he was really key in their win over Lloyd, as you just said, uh, which, of course, that game led into the second game of the semifinal night. That was Cooper against Cuffcath, uh, and the Jags got it done. It was a close one, of course. It, I mean, you wouldn't expect anything else, but it, they it, the Jaguars down the Colonels 57-54. Yamil Rondon with 16 points. Namdi Ajezu and Andy Johnson had 13 points and Gavin Lutz with seven. Uh, I mean, Evan Ipsaro did his thing, 21 points and five rebounds. Aiden Link with 12 points. He had a perfect day as well. And Brady Hussey with 10 points. But uh, Ipsaro finishing his Covcath career with the second most points in the school's history. Uh, it was, again, down to the final second. Brady Hussey had an opportunity to tie the game as time expired, but it just didn't fall. Just what again? One of those classic games where everybody looked forward to because it was just you see Coach Rusats versus Coach Sully, and that's that's the exact type of matchup that everybody expects to see in the final. Just so happened that these two teams were picked to meet in the semifinal, and it, it, it was it was one of those games where I think it was just kind of again similar to Newport and Lloyd. Everyone knew it was going to be close. It, it was almost as if there was absolutely no chance that it was going to be. One team wins by a handful of points. One team blows the other team out. But um, Adam, again, same thing as as before. What were some of your takeaways from uh, that win? Obviously, setting up uh, a huge game between Cooper and Newport. Which again, and we keep I said this last episode, but this tournament, I swear, has to go down as one of the best in. And uh, we're, I'm not going to spoil, but it, just overall, it has to go down as one of the best ninth region tournaments in the in, in recent history. Just the amount of I mean, take away one game, which was uh, New- or Newport defeating Beachwood, and even even then, what's crazy to think is if Holy Cross gets in, what is does Holy? Is that a, that's got to be another close game? And does Holy Cross even beat Newport? But nonetheless, just it, it, just a lot of close games. But Adam, what did you see from Cooper in that, and what were some of the reasons why they were able to set up a date with Newport in the regional title game? Yeah, I mean, Cooper just executed their game plan to perfection. Uh, they did an absolutely great job defensively in this game. They uh, really held Ipsaro down. I know he still had 21 points, but they really did an awesome job covering him the entire game. Uh, Aiden Link had a great game for the Colonels off the bench. He had uh, 12 points on five of five shooting. He he was a big spark plug for them in the first half when they really had got off to a slow start. I, I believe they went down 10 early in the first quarter. 
and they just kept chipping away at the lead the entire game. They got it really close in the fourth quarter, but then Cooper went on, a, I believe, a 6-0 run to take the lead. And, uh, yeah, uh, then in the last uh, – in the final minute, uh, I believe Cooper was up seven heading into the final minute, and Kovkath was able to get it to a three-point game on a, after a missed uh, – after a missed free throw from Cooper and uh, Ipsaro got the rebound and uh, hit Brady Husty for the shot. And he got a good look on it and uh, just hit the back of the rim. But yeah, Kovkath showed a ton of fight in this one, as we all expected. But honestly, Cooper was the better team on the night. And that's really saying something because Cooper is missing arguably two of their better players uh, that are out on the bench or out for the season with injuries. And yeah, and Special shout out to Yamil Rondon. He had a, an absolutely spectacular uh, ninth region tournament. Uh, a lot of youth really showing up in this ninth region tournament, and I think that's been a big part about of why it's been so exciting. A lot of new faces, mm-hmm. and hopefully everyone sticks sticks around for a couple of years. Obviously, the the big bad wolf is is our our prep schools, which <laughs> I guess I can't wait till that becomes a big debate. I know a lot of people in Kentucky love to talk about the private versus public school debate. Which we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to. I think we should. We're, we're gonna have to mention this to Lynn later in the episode. But there was a uh, state. I don't. I don't know. Legislation. Whatever. Something passed uh, that kind of changed the eligibility rules within Kentucky a little bit. We'll talk about that later. But nonetheless, uh, hoping that all of those young players, as you said, kind of are able to stay around. But. Of course, that leads us to the championship game, and it had everything you could ask for. And full credit to Adam because he texted me and said, first team to get to 40 is going to win this game. Just <laughs> And lo and behold, that happened. And it was, it was just such a, such a great way to end such a great tournament. And as we said, it, it, it had everything we asked for. Newport getting it done. At the very last second, uh, Jabari Covington with the game-winning shot. Uh, just a, a couple – I believe it was two and a half seconds before uh, time expired. That's how much time they put back on the clock. Uh, but Covington shot is just a, a beautiful – I mean, it's just a great a great drawn-up play by Coach, uh, Coach Snap. Just a, a play to get him free to drive into the lane, a little spin move to uh, create some space, and he pulled up. Uh, the shot hit hitting the front side of the rim, but then roll uh, going to the backboard. Or I, I believe the way it the way it fell in was just kind of just you knew it was a very clinical shot for him to make, and you knew that that was probably something that he probably practiced, and that's probably why Coach Snap gave him the ball in the last moments. But um, Cooper got the ball at the end of the game, made a very smart play to try and get uh, a little bit closer, calling timeout to get to mid uh, mid court. And then a late desperation uh, attempt at the buzzer did not fall. So, without, I mean, obviously, with that all being considered, Newport are your ninth region champions, defeating Cooper 44 to 42, their first ninth region title since 2010, which that team was coached by someone else we will talk about later in this episode. But nonetheless, Marquez Miller, 16 points. Uh, Heat, what a game to have a seven of seven performance. Uh, so obviously showing up big time, James Turner and Taylor Kinney, 10 points and Jabari Covington finishing with eight. Emil Rondon for the Jags, 16 points, uh, Jesu and Andy Johnson, nine points, Gavin Lutz, six and Trevor Allier with two. Adam, 
you, you, I, I know we talked last episode. We were talking about how Taylor Kenny kind of just absolutely. He, I want to say, just won over the region just with his vision, his his just overall ability. But talk about the environment. I'm sure that place had to have been electric. I love watching all the videos of the different angles of Covington shot and just seeing the reaction from the Newport faithful because you could tell. I obviously not to say that it wouldn't have meant a lot to Cooper, but you could tell how much it meant to the Newport fans. And just talk about what the environment was there because I know. Um, again, you you were able to be on site for the tournament, and I'm sure it had to have been emotional, but obviously uh, a great moment for the Wildcats. Yeah, uh, Truist Arena was absolutely packed for this game. I mean, uh, 30 minutes before the game, uh, I, I believe Newport's entire lower bowl side was pretty much completely filled up. Uh, you can <laughs> barely even find a seat there. They had to open the top of the arena, I, I believe, 45 minutes before the game, and they usually wait until – they have to do that. Uh, that's what they did for the semis, at least. But yeah, it. it I mean, the sh- the crowd for all the games, really, uh, at, for the ninth region tournament this year. The quarterfinals had a great crowd as well. But yeah, the semis and the finals both were absolutely crowded. The lower bowl was completely filled for both of them, and a lot of people were in the upper bowl as well. So just can't say enough about how great the crowd was, and especially. And for the Newport uh, versus Cooper uh, regional championship, it, it was so loud uh, at multiple times. It, I mean, just a fantastic environment for uh, these kids to be able to play in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with this. This might be something I could uh, put up on Bluegrass Preps that would probably get pages and pages worth of debate. But it's very hard to beat the atmosphere that the ninth region tournament provides. And that might be because of Truist Arena. That might be because of the fan base, just the general fandom in this area. But there's just something special about it that you see you see it elsewhere, but just, I don't know, there's something a little different. We might be a little biased, too, because it's, it's not like that's the 859 or anything. But eh, might be a little biased. Maybe a little bit biased. But Newport will take on uh, Lyon County or Lyon County, depending on if you're French. Uh, they will take them on at Thursday at 1.30 p.m. at Rupp Arena. That is a very interesting matchup. We, we were talking a little bit about uh, how unlucky some of the matchups that the NKY teams have gotten, both on the guys and girls side, which we'll get a little bit into here in a second. But uh, Travis Perry with Lyon County, he is 21 points away from breaking the Kentucky scoring record, and he's getting recruited by a bunch of big schools. And I think everybody's kind of waiting on Calipari to just kind of wrap that up, which – I don't know. Like old Calipari was never really interested in Kentucky's prospects. So it's kind of interesting how the tide has changed, but Newport on a 12 game winning streak. And it's very clear that they have, I mean, shoot Travis Perry is a division one talent, but Newport has that too. That'll be just such a huge test for those young players. So it'll be really, I mean, it'll be really awesome just to kind of see how they fare against someone like Perry, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have everybody prepped for that next week. Obviously again, the Wildcats, Going back to Rupp for the first time since 2010. In the 10th region, Campbell County did fall to Mason County in the regional tournament, 75-67. Aiden Hamilton had 24 points, Connor Weinel 12, Jaden Combs with 11, and Jake Gross with 10 points and 7 boards. And then Terrell Henry had 27 points and Christian Walton 25 points. For the Royals, the Royals getting it done. Uh, they went to the 10th region title game at, the, at their beloved Fuel House. Uh, they did fall, though, to George Rogers-Clark, which 
shocker, I guess, because GRC is just they one of the best programs in the state at the very at the current moment. But uh, the bigger news coming out of Campbell County, as we talked about earlier, or I guess I alluded to earlier with the coach from Newport in 2010, Coach Eric Russell has stepped down and retired from coaching at Campbell County. He finished his career with 408 total wins. He had 284 of them at Campbell County, 124 of them in Newport. And here's something that I, I wonder how many coaches can say, and I know Coach uh, Stom can at Ludlow, or at least he could say he has both, but he also has 51 wins as Newport's girls coach. So I, that would be that would be a really interesting story. We might have to get him on the podcast just to talk about what the differences are between coaching i mean shoot even at the same school at different schools coaching a girls program and a, and a boys program but nonetheless coach russell uh he became the winningest coach in camel county's his program history back in january he won the regional title with newport in 2010 so he himself has been to rup a couple of times and just congratulations to him on a great career obviously uh it, he he makes it two two legendary coaches that have stepped down. First one being Noel Rash at Beachwood for football, and now it's Russell. So a lot of a lot of uh, changing faces or long long standing faces changing their roles at some of these schools. But uh, again, congratulations to him and a lot of relaxation because now he now he doesn't have to worry about all these all this preparation. But I'm sure it'll be something to something hard to get uh, not there to get used to nonetheless moving on uh simon kenton in the eighth region they fell to collins 57 to 47 i mean collins one of the just they're they're an absolute machine uh simon simon kenton's gave dines with 20 points he went nine of nine from the field and 10 rebounds travis croman with 14 points and jay bilton with 10 points isaac gabbard added three and then Kenyon gooden for collins had 25 points and Quentin Simmons with 12. Uh, the Pioneers again. We I said it before. I thought they were kind of, in uh, uh, I mean the epitome of a dark horse. Really, I thought nobody was really talking about them. They put up a good fight against a very solid Collins team, but uh, unfortunately for the eight five nine teams, all fell in the eight or in the eighth region. Grant County also lost to I believe it was Woodford, no North Oldham, and then or yeah North Oldham. Sorry. And then Gallatin County also lost to Collins. That one, uh, not not exactly a close one. That was, I believe, sixty four to twenty eight. But um, yeah, so that that kind of wraps up where the guys were. I guess the guys were. But um, on the girls' side of things, Adam, the regional title game, another good one. Cooper defeated Ryle forty eight to forty two. Liz Fryhofer with fifteen points. Kay Fryhofer with ten points. And Logan Lubers Palmer with eight points and five rebounds. Whitney Lind adding seven and five. Malia Alexander adding five. Just an overall good performance from Cooper to get it done, to get their second consecutive regional title victory. Uh, Austin Johnson for Ryle had 16 points. Quinn Ube, 10 points and seven boards. But Adam, I mean, Cooper's established himself, I think, as one of the, I mean, we 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 I think before the turn or before I guess the uh, actual game itself, we we talked about Cooper and Ryle just establishing themselves as the top two programs in the region. But it, it, I mean, again, it's just one of those things where everyone knew it was going to be close. It was a battle, but Cooper getting it done once again. 
Uh, yeah, another massive win for the Jags. Uh, a, a fantastic season that, that that they've had so far. Uh, they've they have a really great class of seniors. Uh, Whitney Lynn is a great player. She only had seven points in this game, but her presence. I mean, uh, Ryle's game plan was to stop her, and they did a pretty good job of it. But you can only do so much. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cooper with back to back regional titles. Uh, you can't say enough about how, how well they've been doing. Uh, shout out to. Coach Justin Holdhouse, uh, I believe he won ninth region coach of the year this year as well. Uh, yeah, congrats to the Jaguars. Headed back to Raparino for the second year in a row. Yeah, I mean, how many schools can say that they have two legendary coaches at the same time? I mean, just at the, coaching their programs at the same time, yeah. both the guys and girls programs. I mean, And to be able is, to play in both regional titles, boys and girls, that's right. just awesome for the school. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Cooper is, I mean, for us, at least it's the newest school. So just for me, it's, I'm just, I just keep, I don't know if this will ever, ever go away, but every time I see Cooper being good, I can never get out of the mindset that it's, Oh, the the new school is doing really well right out of the gate, (laughs) even though they've been around for, I mean, shoot, since I don't know when the first year they opened, but I mean, we had coach Randy Borchers, who's been with the program since its inception uh, or their football coach, I should say. So it's just, I mean, Shoot, Cooper has established itself as a, just a top-to-bottom, solid athletic program, and it's really showing on the hardwood. Um, and then go, back to the eighth region, obviously, uh, Simon Kenton, they also won the region. So another another 8-5-9 team going to Rupp. They defeated Grant County 66-55. Brinley Purnell had 18 points. Anna Kelch had eight rebounds. Emily Eggleston had 12 points. Haley Webb with 11 points and six boards, just a great performance for the pioneer, the lady pioneers, I should say, to get it done. And then for Grant County, Grant County, sorry, Emily Naranjo had 15 points. Caroline Barnes had 12 and Sarah Russell with 11, Uh, a good season for the lady Braves, but Simon Kenton getting it done. That set up two matchups, Cooper getting mercy and Simon Kenton getting Henderson County. Just, I mean, two really tough matchups for both those teams at Rupp Arena, but that's what you expect when you get to that point. Those two games happened yesterday. That's Thursday night. Uh, we'll start with the first one. Cooper, they did fall to Mercy 70-64. to 64. It, was, it was a back-and-forth battle a little bit, and then Mercy kind of broke away, and then Cooper pulled it back there at the end. But, I mean, it, it's very hard to beat any team that has someone put up 37 points and 21 boards. But unfortunately, Cooper kind of had that happen to him. Uh, Leah Macy for Mercy, putting up that number. She's in the class of 2025. She's the top 25 player in the country. And it kind of showed. She was was the reason why Mercy won that game. Uh, The Jags, Whitney Lind having 16 points, Liz Freihofer 15, and Malia Alexander with 10. It. I mean, Adam, just <laughs> that's some of the more insane uh, stat lines that we have seen, 37 points and 21 boards. Yeah, that, that's a tough way to go out. I mean, she's, as you mentioned, she's one of the top players in the country. And uh, when you get put on a stage like this at Rupp Arena, you really want to put on a great performance uh, for all the people watching. And that's what she did. And Cooper, it, it, uh, it shouldn't take anything away uh bad from this i mean they had an absolutely fantastic season uh i, I believe they're ranked in the top five in the state pretty much the entire season but when 
that's just unfortunate when you get a draw like this in the Sweet 16. You, you usually hope you can at least wait until the semis to see another top five team uh, if you're Cooper. But unfortunately, they ran into a buzzsaw in Mercy. And uh, yeah, Liam Macy with an, just put on an absolutely incredible performance. Uh, yeah, congrats to Mercy. Exactly. I mean, it just one one of the one of those things where I'm sure I hope I mean I would assume Kentucky's uh, women's coach is paying very close attention to these games and that's a heck of a way to kind of establish yourself as maybe a primary candidate once uh, I guess but we're, uh, I mean we're we're probably around the time when someone in 2020 class of 2025 is getting recruited now. But uh, the second game, Hederson County versus Simon Kenton. And unfortunately, the Pioneers fell in double OT, uh, 56 to 54. It was a heartbreaker for the Pioneers, one that Henderson County tied it up late. I believe it was a three-pointer uh, that tied it up late. And the Lady Pioneers just couldn't get it, uh, could, couldn't win in regulation. And then neither team could get it done in the first overtime. And then obviously Henderson County edging it out in double OT. Uh, Purnell had 19 points, Eggleston 17 points, and Webb with 10 for the Lady Pioneers. Another great season for them. Unfortunately, just comes up short. It's one of those things where it sucks. I mean, it, it, it sucks because, I mean, with high school sports, you look at two things. You either – I'll bring up the Jabari Covington example. You either look at the Newport fans celebrating how happy they are or you look at how devastating it is to watch your team season come to an end in heartbreaking fashion. It, it's always – I mean, that's just the, the give and take that these – these I mean, especially – I mean, the Sweet 16 especially provides. But Lady Pioneers, again, unfortunately falling to Henderson County. So that is, so right now, the only 859 team in basketball that remains standing is the Newport Wildcats. So we're going to have to see. If they can pull off the upset against Lyon County, that would be pretty huge. But we'll have to see – if I mean a five nine basketball, I hate to say it, it's just it's just coming to a close. Uh, Adam, I, I, the, I guess the last thing to talk about is just the the I, I, I gotta find I gotta find the actual like terminology for it, but SB one forty five, and this is just one one quick thing that we'll talk about before we wrap up oh, this yeah. pod. Uh, the rule, it's basically the rule that says. There, what this is centered on is the rule that makes you sit out a year in athletics if you transfer schools. And uh, this rule, you again, if you obviously if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with the college landscape and how transferring has kind of evolved at that level. And obviously, I think that anyone can say this, but um, obviously, it, transferring has become a lot lenient, a lot more lenient. I had to cough there for a second. Hold on. So obviously, again, uh, the transferring in general, and because of that, I mean, those discussions and kind of what the precedent that the college level sets, that kind of bleeds into high school level. And now it's kind of coming into question whether or not students should be forced to sit out a year in if they transfer, uh, obviously beforehand, and I'm re- I'm taking this from 10thregion.com, which by the way, give uh, our our good friend Will Jones uh, a shout, a follow on Twitter, and fo- go to his website. Does phenomenal work, uh, you know, with 10th Region news, etc. But uh, reading this article, 
previously the exception was change of custody, divorce, death of a parent, change in school district boundaries, cessation of a program, uh, a change of residence. So if a parent got a new job, uh, they had to move to a new school district. That obviously it, it makes things interesting. However, there's obviously then the a bunch of unfortunately in the past there have been examples of players or I guess. I don't know, not in good faith moves, I guess might be the right way to put it. Uh, obviously, again, some people trying to skirt the transfer laws in, in hopes of maybe either finding a better program to play at or for whatever reason. But Adam, I guess this is this is where it gets interesting. That year requirement to sit out is in question. And I, what do, what is your take on it? Because I know... A lot of people, I think, have different different viewpoints on transferring in general. Obviously, I think right now in athletics, it's it's all about the players. The players have the power, so you, you, that kind of reflects when you have transfer rules kind of more tailored to letting the player have control. But what, Adam, I'm curious, what's your take on what the transfer laws or I guess rules are in Kentucky? And I mean, is there is there I mean, is there really any necessary? Is it, is it necessary to change? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I was wondering when I saw this. I, I feel like most transfers have been going through as of late. But, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense to put this in writing. Uh, so there is uh, a set thing that we can do. And w- as you mentioned, at, with how uh, college transfer rules are going, and it's just a wide open playing field, it, it makes sense to do that on the high school level as well. I mean, people already – are pretty much doing this. So I, I don't see why there should be any type of uh, blockade in front of it. Uh, you should be free to transfer and go wherever you want to go. I, I never really understood why you should have to sit out a year. Uh, you only get four years of high school and to waste one of those years for sitting out just because you moved somewhere is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think that's the best way to put it is that you only get four years of high school but in college, it's a little different. And I think that's maybe where the one difference is when all of the kind of precedent comes down the chain uh, into high school. But I agree with you. I think when in high school, you do only get those four years uh, unless you were a, a COVID fifth-year athlete, as, as we got to see with Cam Hergett. But God willing, we're not going to get another pandemic that gets that gives people an opportunity to return for another year. And I think that's, I think, again, I think that's the best way to put it. You only get four years of high school. Um, and I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's pointless to make someone sit out no matter what the reasoning is. However, uh, it's not like the removing of, the, or let me, let me read this Senate or the summary of the bill. And uh, right here, uh, SB 145, it removes the athletic eligibility language preventing non-resident students from participating in interscholastic athletics for one calendar year from the transfer date. It returns to Kentucky High School Athletics Association the governance of all non-resident student participation in interscholastic athletics. I think it, it, it from what this uh, article is saying, it's not just it's not going to make it to where anybody can transfer no matter what. And to me, it still has to go through the house and then get signed by governor Andy Bashir before it even is made into law. Um, and the quote that uh, Senator Frohmeyer, who uh, represents Campbell County, Pendleton County, Bracken County, and part of Kenton County 
he said this bill removes the statute and reverts to existing regulation any reference to sitting out from interscholastic sports the situation of transfer for athletic advantage by those high schoolers who have already played varsity athletics is already in regulation and managed by KHSAA. The unintended consequences for middle school students will be removed once SB 145 is approved by the House and signed by the governor. So it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how it how it all plays out because it's obviously one of those things where in in principle and as this is going through the uh, legislative chain, it's obvious that it, we we can kind of see. I mean, there's no doubt that if, if there's going to be a little less strictness around transfers, then people are going to start transferring a lot. So uh, it, people are going to have a lot of opinions on it. That's that's the beauty of the Commonwealth, isn't it, Adam? There's going to be a lot of uh, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of opinions on it. And uh, that's that, I, I agree. I think at the end of the day, especially in high school, it should be about the players. And once you get to college, yeah, sure, I, I kind of am of the – I'm of the uh, belief that in college it might be a little bit different, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, we support mid or I, I support, um, I guess, a couple of mid-major schools for the for uh, just for now though. UC is about to become a Power Five, but uh, I mean, you're about to be graduate from NKU. I graduated from JMU, um, so it, it'll be. We we love these mid-majors in college, but obviously the problem is players transferring. But at the high school level, it's just an entirely different ball game. No pun intended. So, um, Adam, before we wrap everything up, anything uh, to add? Uh, um, just uh, like to thank you for another great season of basketball. Uh, sad that it's coming to a close. Uh, Newport is still alive, but everybody else uh, is eliminated, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, there's only one team left up. But we do have March Madness coming up this week, so that should be fun to watch. And already, we, a lot of uh, Northern Kentucky players are going to be uh, playing in that. Mm-hmm, definitely. So we'll we'll keep you guys updated. We'll probably have a March Madness special. We'll definitely do a March Madness bracket. Uh, we did it last year where we gave the winner an eight five nine insider sweatshirt. So we'll we'll definitely have something similar to that. Uh, so stay tuned, obviously, and we'll have a couple episodes again here in the next week about. What's what, what's going on? Is Newport going to survive? Are they going to are they going to keep dancing through the tournament, or will Travis Perry get it done? Trout and Conradi. I'm Noah Ziegler, and we'll see you next time.